All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. It's At The Counter with Bomber and Cayman. We're back at The Counter. It's exciting. It's uh, June 14th, 2018. This is episode 15. We're coming live from Villalani. It's about 5 o'clock Hawaii time. So uh, Hawaii's just getting off work, sitting in traffic. Uh, you shouldn't be on your phone, but if, you're, <laughs> if you have Facebook open and you're checking us out, welcome. Welcome. Uh, we, uh, we've taken a quick break. This is the first time we've been back in an, about a month. Uh, I had a long vacation, went to Canada, the homeland, uh, saw New York for the first time. Bomber's been traveling, which is nothing new, but uh, I'm happy to be back. I crossed another state off my list. What's that? I crossed Alaska. Oh, that's right. You're in Alaska. So I've got two states to go. So when I was in Canada, I wasn't even the northernmost at the counter host <laughs> you you were up there i've got iowa and north dakota left to go to and that's it you got 50 for 50 and i've got 50 well you are an interesting fellow bomber but that's my segue into introducing our <laughs> guest for the day uh, a very very interesting man uh we're pleased to have him on the program today joining us uh from town also just got off work so thanks for battling traffic he is one of uh, Hawaii's best lawyers, Honolulu Magazine, named him so, uh, criminal defense, friend of mine, uh, and just a great guy to talk to, and that's why I wanted to have him on the show. Also a longtime listener of the program, I appreciate that. So uh, let's introduce and welcome to The Counter, Season 2, Episode 15, David Hayakawa. Hello. Give hey. a little bit of applause. Yeah. Hey. Excited to be here on my first podcast ever. <laughs> hey, that is big. That's big time. I'm, I'm honored to be uh, a part of your first podcast ever. Um, we're going get, to get this shared so everybody can check it out. Um, you guys can share it too <coughs> as we educate the fan base and, and David here on how to do it. So when I, go to, when I go to At The Counter site, it shows you that it's live and in the corner, and I press share. And then I write my post and I say, come join us. Uh, and I'm going to tag you as well, but you don't have to do that. At David Hayakawa. Oh, yeah. So I press the share button down there. Yep. Boom. Ooh. There you go. So we are live. And as always, guys, when we're at the counter, we would like you to participate. Uh, honestly, the, um, the live participation really does help the show out. It keeps everything fresh. Um, we can interact with you. We can read your comments. Uh, I know a lot of our viewers know David personally and would like to say what's up. So it can be something formal. It can be something very casual. But feel free to just say what's up to David and say hi to us um, if you're a longtime audience member. Thank and this you. might be the only opportunity to get some free legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though. Seriously, though. Uh, David is, is one of the best. Um, I actually met him through a recommendation. Uh, or the professionalism course, which really? requires every new lawyer, whether they're new lawyers, the rookies, or the lawyers transferring him from the mainland, to, you have to go through a mandatory course. The chief justice is, uh, this is his baby. He, he insists on this, and a lot of this is just, he gives the uh, intro mm. to everybody. He wakes up at 8.30 in the morning, he's there, and he says, you know, your, 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 your name and your word is your bond, and once you blow it, people don't forget. Hawaii may be, we have a lot of lawyers here. 
you know, the price of paradise kind of thing. Yeah. But it's a small town and you yep. get a bad rep. You get a rep for not being consistent and yep. true to your word. The word gets out there real quick. Right. Well, and, and that's one thing I've noticed too from being in business is uh, anybody that's owned a business or been a, a player on that level for any period of time, they don't really do any business before they know all of the players involved. So, you know, for example, when I'm when I'm coming up now in my in my business, learning from my boss, the, before anything happens, it'll be like, okay, and who's and who's who's involved there? Okay, and, and where are they located? Oh, that's right, that's so and so's place. Oh, the, the, this person used to own that place before that person, and so they go through and they retrace the history, and that's that's a part of their process, and that shows you, you know, in Hawaii, you can, if you're if you're if you have that acumen if you can go through and recite a little bit of history and you know the families and you know the people involved well that's going to be more important than maybe money deep pockets it's connections out here oh especially in hawaii although you know it's interesting being on this podcast because when every time i've watched you folks Mm -hmm. you know i digress a little bit but i've watched you folks in the feed I'm always like I punch in a comment or something like, why aren't you guys responding? You know, (laughs) it's interesting. Hi, Lucy. Hi, Roy, Ray, Enos and and Tony. It's like, why don't you guys ever acknowledge the people who are watching? And and I and it's really weird because I'm watching on my phone what this feed. I digress a bit Mm because this is my first time on a podcast. But it's interesting that you see it tells you who's watching and they can send messages in and uh, so, hi, guys. Thank you for being, being <laughs> yeah. my three friends who tone, tune in. <laughs> no, take the time. That's important, too. But that's, that's, that's what we talk about. It's all about connections, right? You can't just be the type of person who goes to someone when they want something. Um, it's about nurturing. It's about actually being a solid person, for one. And, you know, lawyers, it's no secret, get a bad reputation for you know how how they will be able to flip flop almost like almost in the way that politicians get that reputation but you know what you see a lot of politicians with law legal backgrounds right is is there any reality to that or is is there any uh connection that that you have between how you can almost bend things to you i mean you're you're a juris doctor right that's that's the technical degree it's it's a somebody who is at the highest level of a, of of the law you you get to be the person that there is nobody higher you know you no, have well, to deal I, with it. Well, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer you know we're yeah. we're all juris doctors which which pisses off the doctors because really they say wait you're a master's degree you're not uh, the amount of schooling it takes to get a jd right is equivalent to a well, masters are two years now. PhDs, it seems you can get them in four or five. So it, we're right in between. We're three years. Um, but you know, let's face it. Everyone criticize. You know what? The, what's the, the the Caesar comment? Whatever you, you and all the lawyers die. I don't know. But you know, <laughs> and all the, the how many dead lawyers on the bottom of the sea kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna and, ask. And, 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 I was gonna ask. Give us your best lawyer joke. And, yeah. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and it's well deserved, you know, because in, in my own business, in you know, um, many of us, you know, the, the the guys I work with and hang with, and I, I'm. Uh, 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 
networked with and we support each other you know we do our best job for our clients and yeah. we are aware we're all aware of those guys out there who do not do the job yeah and uh and i will tell you the the, the one person good lawyers hate more than anyone else are those shyster especially the dudes who got ripped off who rip off clients and get disbarred now that's an extreme but the guys who don't do the job pisses us off mm -hmm. it, it really does as in any profession mm -hmm. i don't care if you're a plumber it doesn't matter what you are those people out there who don't do the job and reflect on your possession upset you and uh those who do do the job get irritated by that i want to kind of segue into kind of your area of expertise and kind of you know kind of along those lines ask you a question about it so you're kind of it seems like your universe is criminal defense is i do all i do i'm you know i've learned a long time ago i i don't like to do anything that you know again here's mr ego here i don't like to do anything that in my own mind i am not 100 percent positive i got this down i just i just not happy being well i, I don't even care how much money's at stake i i just if i'm not totally confident that i have this then i just rather send it to another lawyer Plus, it's stressful. If you don't know, if, if you're not going to be perfect at saying that you get stressed out. So I do mm -hmm. criminal defense. And even then, within that world, I, I, for instance, I won't do a DUI anymore. Now, you know, there's about, there's a group of DUI guys. They do DUIs, you know, and it's a volume market, first of all. Yeah. I don't do it for a number of reasons, including it's too damn much work for not enough money mm -hmm. unless you have a whole bunch of them. Mm -hmm. and and but it's a skill they they know how to do it there's a certain process and i'm smart enough to realize that i just can't dabble mm -hmm. and so i do uh, um i essentially focus on cases that need to go to trial and guys who are completely innocent and need to be cleared it's got a little substance especially and the only area out of criminal i do is i do temporary restraining orders okay that you won't do or you do do i do do okay now so, I was going to ask. Now with criminal defense, do you do you catch a lot of criticism for defending the bad guy, or because we seem to have shifted? And I mean, I'm sure we've always been in this t type of society where kind of you become guilty until you're proven innocent. Where correct. it's it's the the law system in the U.S. is actually the opposite. But you know, we we live in a kind of in a very matter of fact society now. Do you catch a lot of slack for saying you know how could you know how could you stand next to that guy, you know? In, in try and poke holes in the legal system and, and provide a defense for him. How can you defend people like that? <laughs> and well, let's face it. And you, you watch TV these days and you, you see the such and such was arrested. And this is the Me Too generation. Yep. Uh, times have changed. And, you know, let, let's start this off. Because I, I don't want to, uh, people to say, oh my God, you know, I, I do a lot. I defend a lot of individuals charged with sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And part of that reason is there is a lot of lawyers out there, terrific lawyers, who those cases have to go to trial. And they just say right off the bat, you know what, I'm not even going to dabble with that. Go call Dave up. And I, I do appreciate that they send me that business. Um, but those are the cases that have to go to trial. And I, I want to start out by saying that sexual assault is an epidemic in America. Okay, don't. For what for what reason? 
it's just everywhere. Yeah. Of children, of, of, of uh, our culture. Uh, I, know, I don't know the technical way to describe it. It's a massive problem. So even yeah. though I may describe going to trial and fight, you know, taking innocent people to trial or people being found not guilty, you know, then you get the typical response, well, what about this or that? And I'm like, no, wait a minute. I'm starting off the conversation by telling, telling people that I am in this area and I recognize that sexual assault including of children, is a massive epidemic problem in yeah. America. It, right. Just like domestic violence, for instance, mm-hmm. which is the other area I end up doing a lot of cases in, not only because those are the cases that have to go to trial, but because the ramifications of both of those things are so strong, mm-hmm. are so heavy, life-changing. It's not the jail. Everyone's like, oh, the jail, lock them up. It's not the jail. It's other aspects of it. That when a person is falsely charged, now, the mm-hmm. second I say falsely charged, everyone's like, oh, you're, you know, what are you no, talking about happens. falsely charged? It, it, it does happen. It happens in a minority of cases. Mm-hmm. But when it does happen, you know, people, uh, it's like, well, hey, hey, you know, you, you, people criticize people on, how can you defend somebody like that? Or more importantly, look at that guy on TV. Look what he did. I read it in the paper. I, right. He got, all you know is he got arrested. He got accused, you know, well, let's wait until, first of all, 90% of these guys plead guilty, okay? But when they go to trial mm-hmm. and the jury comes back in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. not guilty, nobody apologizes to that guy. His mm-hmm. life's been wrecked. There's nothing in the newspaper. All the thing in the newspaper is that blurb saying uh, mm-hmm. Billy Bob was arrested for uh, sexual assault of a child. His his business crashes, everything crashes, no one apologizes to him. He's dumped huge sums of money in legal fees as well as, you know, and no one apologizes. Well, that's where the criminal defense lawyer steps in. Yeah. And, And you talk about the epidemic. So it's always tough to wrap your head around the origin or how something got to be such a big deal. Well, I, I mean, I've obviously been paying attention. The way that it seems like to me is that this stuff has always been around. Yes. We, we've lived in a culture that hasn't talked about it for a long time. Yes. And now we're starting to define some boundaries a little bit. We're starting to realize that our leaders in the community, our leaders in the media are maybe held to a little bit of a higher standard in a sense that they're going to find the limits of what's acceptable because we haven't talked about it because it's it's been something that's happened it's we i mean let, let's if if you go far enough back and you, and you go you know let's say thousands of years ago rape was the way that things got done like let's talk about Genghis Khan for a second all right, the most successful quote unquote conqueror um, that history really has. And what, what, well, what, what do we have for that? Well, he has the most DNA imprinted upon the largest amount of, I think it's like one in five people in Asia have direct descendancy from Genghis Khan. How did that happen? Well, he wasn't, he didn't get consent. Let's say, let, let's just say that. You know, so you go from something like that, where we used to live in in a, a little bit more of a barbaric time, to now where we're still defining some of the parameters. 
Well, I, I understand your point. Uh, the um, couple of issues. First of all, I think you can see a trend. It started before Me Too was domestic violence. Yep. And again, domestic violence. They used to say, I believe, that domestic violence was the number one reason that women went to emergency rooms. It is my understanding now that it's the number two reason. Uh, prescription drug issues are the number one reason, mm-hmm. uh, not only for women, for everybody in America, a massive Another problem. Massive but um, domestic violence, again, I, I, I want to make it clear. Although I defend people in this situation and I defend many innocent people in this situation, domestic violence is a major problem. It crosses all economic groups. You can be a bank vice president, a bank president, you can be, and you can be a terror at home. In fact, I I make a joke, and this may be a politically incorrect (laughs) joke. That's okay. That's okay. But, you know. You get, I get some of these guys in wine I who say, you know, they'll tell me in confidence, yeah, my wife came home and then the food wasn't ready. And so, you know, we got into it and I slapped her. But he's telling me this, and that's obviously in unacceptable behavior. But then you get the bank president from Kahala. I would never do something like this. I'm the bank president. I have, mm-hmm. I'm the member of this country club and all that. You mm-hmm. know, that's ridiculous. The, the domestic violence crosses all lines right. and everything. However, domestic violence also, the, the use of the domestic violence accusation, what happens is the reason why you have a, a percentage, and it is still a smaller percentage, uh, you know, of, of uh, you look in a divorce case. There's a divorce motion and suddenly dad gets 50-50 and two yeah. days later there's an accusation followed by a temporary restraining order giving a mom full control of the children. Uh, there, there is more false accusations because there's a motive. There mm-hmm. is a motive for people to lie. And again, I, I'm going to say this for one last time, that this, we are talking about a vast minority of cases. Mm-hmm. But if you are one of that minority, yeah. I was recently in a case where the ex-wife made the third sexual assault accusation against husband or ex-husband and CPS completely investigated, HPD completely investigated. He's passed multiple polygraphs with both uh, uh, CP, the guy who does CPS and but HPD and HPD, poly, HPD polygraphers are tough. They're tough. Yeah. He's passed everything, completed, com- yet it goes on because she's the victim the child's the victim and dad is unable to see the child until we are able to go through this process and finally the judge lost it the judge lost it ordered ten thousand dollars of attorney's fees we were awarded uh publicly chastised Mm -hmm. the uh wife and her attorney ex-wife for what they were doing and again this does not diminish our judge's uh understanding of the terrible aspect and impact of domestic violence and sexual assault, but there is an awareness that in certain situations, especially when there is custody battles going on, there there it's are ugly. false there are yeah. false accusations. We've got a question from uh, one of our listeners, uh, Alicia. She asked, uh, "Do you agree with the way media is portraying famous people for behavior from twenty, thirty years ago, specifically people accused of?" of grab butt opposed to assault? That's a terrific question. And, you know, God, I can see it's, by the way, before I answer that question, hey, Mike and Richard and Kenny and Lynn and Danny and am I bad to name drop people? Well, and Alicia says that David Hayakawa is the best criminal defense attorney (laughs) for posing that question. Anyway, but the... um, the, 
You know, that, well, you know, Orrin Hatch, Orrin Hatch, who is apparently, I, I'm not sure this is true, but I, I believe I read it today, the longest serving uh, um, uh, senator. He's retiring from Utah, extremely conservative. I read something on CNN today where they talked about all the state anti-gay statements he's made over the year, you know, mm-hmm. over the year. And, and it shows yeah. it pretty consistent of hardcore anti-gay comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just took the Senate floor on a speech just uh, in the last couple of days in which he said clearly, uh, L, I, I, I got my, my initials right, LB, you know, the gay folk need our love and respect. They're born this way. And, you know, we can't alienate them in society. And I mean, People change, yeah. okay. and and I gotta admit, thirty years ago, stuff was different. Uh, yeah. Life was different. And, that can't you know, be overstated. People honestly. make comments, you know, hey, pretty lady, you know, you, you know, speakers say, or I, I, I don't get me, I, I gotta make my names right here. I don't want to, you know, uh, and I don't want to minimize. I don't know the whole story, but people will make comments. I got it. That's a lot different than sexual assault, and that's the problem with my problem with the Me Too. Mm-hmm. Now, first of all, I, I want to make clear. I do believe that sexual assault has been in the closet, just like domestic violence used to be a private yeah. matter. Yeah. Oh, but that's that's a private matter. Yeah. No, it's not a private matter. It's a freaking crime. Yeah. Call the police. Yeah. Okay. Somebody's being beaten. Yeah. You can hear this punch land into somebody's face. I pick if I hear that. You are disturbing my life. You're causing me stress when if I can hear something like that. You know what? I don't care if it's a temporary misunderstanding. I will pick up the phone and I will call 911. I don't give a rip, okay? Uh, As opposed to just people yelling. I don't care about people yelling. But you can tell when people hit. Uh, But as far as... Let's talk Joe, not Joe. Who's the the senator who um, uh, had to resign? Um, Uh... uh, not Joe Piscopo, Al Franken. Oh, Franken, yeah. Liberal stalwart. Ooh, so what is he doing? He's on the plane on a US, uh, USO tour, yep. and the woman has a flak vest on, and he does the whole, you know, mm-hmm. fake touching boobs over, not even right. touching. And then when they were doing a skit in which they're making out in the skit, apparently he stuck his tongue in there, Okay. That is a lot different. Yeah. And he's a comedian at the time that, you know, then, and I get professionalism and all mm-hmm. that, but then sexual assault, sexual harassment, rape, uh, uh, rape uh, having a special lock on your door, on your, your new, you know, Fox News, as well as, uh, I don't know, uh, Lauer or whoever it was, had the special thing that could lock oh, the door. Oh, Matt do- Lauer on yeah, the could lock the door. Oh, did he? You know, I didn't know I, he had that. I, I, don't, I don't have my facts right. Well, somebody or not. It was, it was installed after 9-11 to some of the executive offices for security, in, for purposes, security yeah, purposes yeah. that they could basically lock somebody out if there, was, if there was kind of an attack inside of the office. Or you yeah. whip it out in front of somebody, or more importantly, you say, hey, you know, your future at the network here... Uh, why don't you come to my hotel room? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a different story. Then I said this. I had a buddy who just got who was investigated in a major company, and he essentially invited a coworker. He had a girlfriend, and he was he just said, "Hey, a bunch. You know, you've asked me about this activity, and a bunch of people are going. If you want to go, this is when it's happening." And three years later, when the coworker didn't get a uh, a promotion, he was above her. Um, there was a complaint about this and he's like well i invited five different people you know yeah. um it, it's a 
it's a, a new world. Well, and that's why I say um, it's important to continue to state the different time and the different world. I continue to see this being about a change of culture. And when we've done something one way for so long that it's it becomes a culture, it becomes more than just a, a status quo or the way things are, well, it's going to take a long time to change and it's going to disrupt a lot of people. Now, and when, while we're in this time of defining what's appropriate, what's inappropriate, what's criminal versus what's not, and defining all the different maximum penalties and all these types of things, we right now are in a phase where we're trying to define the levels of this. And, it, and I think once the, the Me Too movement caught fire, everybody starts lobbing things into the fire and saying, I don't know what to do with this, but I know I feel like I was wronged. And they have a point. You have a you you have a voice. You should use it. You should say when you've you, you've been wronged. But that's what what why we have law. We don't we can't just say this so and so groped me in a different time in a different era. That's the same thing as being raped in a parking lot. Well, I let's switch a couple things. First of all, I I, I believe. Um, first of all, a lot of this stuff has been in the closet. Not, not a lot. This stuff yeah, has been the in the thing. closet for too damn long, yeah. and there needs to be an exposure to the amount of sexual assault and domestic violence that is out there, period. Okay? How, and, and, you know, these guys and, and the culture of corporations and whatever yeah. it may be. But, you know, I'm a liberal dude, and uh, we talk about, let's talk Trump a little bit. Mm-hmm. And let's talk the infamous grab him by the pussy comment. Yeah. I assume we don't have PG rating here. Nope. Now here's everyone took this thing. Oh, that first of all, that is not locker talk. Okay, locker no, talk that's is. Ab- if I heard that in the locker room, I would be like, uh, "You can't do that, bro." Yeah, like, yeah, no, like, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh, locker, locker talk is, "Hey, man, yeah, you know, I scored the chick. Yeah. She wanted me, or yeah, you know, whatever. Okay, at me, whatever. yeah, you wanted me, and you know, all these girls uh, want me, and then and then all your buddies look at you like, yeah, whatever, you're insane. Okay, yeah. The key to my comment being in my background of dealing with a lot of sex offenders and my reputation, I'm the most brutal lawyer in town to my own clients, okay? I I want you to, if you're coming to me, you understand that if you have done something wrong, you're not going to do it again and you're going to get help, okay? And I pretty much brutalize you, which is what's necessary because Mm -hmm. if you were a sensitive, understanding guy, you wouldn't have gotten yourself into these situations. Uh, However... If you look at the Trump statement, the part of that statement that shows me where his brain is, mm-hmm. and as far as the political spectrum, you can be wherever you want on the political spectrum is this. Yeah. When you look at rapists and sex, people who sexually assault, they do it quietly. Mm. They do everything they can to cover their tracks. This idea that somebody jumps out of the bushes, that's, that's so irregular. It makes the papers. But uh, most of the sexual assault is done by people who you know. All this, child, every, I get these calls. Oh, my God, somebody's on the uh, sex offender registry, and he lives a block from me, two blocks from me. What are we going to do? I'm like, first of all, he's not going to do anything to you. 90, I don't know what the percentage is. Over, like you're going to let your kid walk by themselves down the street to the neighbor's house and it's just not going to happen, okay? It's by somebody you know who you trust. Right. But the thing about that trust thing is, Trump thing is, most guys who do that kind of behavior, they don't tell anybody. 
because it, they know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's their little fetish thing that they do to get off. Completely wrong. Criminal. Then you get another classification of individual yeah. who has a need to brag about it. Okay, yeah. and those are the most sick dudes around. And again, I you can tell how I feel about Trump, but. Who the hell brags about this? And again, they keep talking locker talk. And I'm not you. You were in every football teams and sports teams your entire life. I can't imagine you ever heard somebody say that. No, there was ever. Yeah. If they did it, they wouldn't tell anybody or they'd make. Oh, I was so drunk when I did it. I didn't mean to do it. And that's not me now that I'm busted. It's not me. You know, they make some excuse to remorse, uh, remorse about their behavior to show the boys and their buddies. This is not the kind of person I am. Trump gets off on telling people he does I grab him by the pussy and you can get away. I can get away with it because I'm famous. Yeah, he's, I think the word was I'm a star. I'm a star. You can do that when you're a star, he said. And that is a deep, and, you know, again, I'm sure people who are, may disagree with me on this, but that shows you to me a part of his personality that really goes deep. I, I have not met a child molester and I've met a lot of child molesters or rapists mm-hmm. okay and that's a kind of weird statement to make but I I know I know a molester you're in the business in fact I gotta tell you they come in my office within a minute I can usually tell if they're innocent or not guilty now, that's really? a fairly judgmental <laughs> statement but I you know you have experience yeah, in, the, and, in the matter <laughs> but I have never met somebody in my life well I take that back who would brag about it the guys who talk that way are the guys you're out having beers or something and somebody brings a buddy oh my buddy's visiting from town and some guy comes in and he starts after a few beers starts talking and immediately every guy in the group looks at this guy or looks at you rather and say who the hell brought this guy what the hell is his problem he's talking about yeah yeah. i was at the ocean club last night and i grabbed this chick's butt and you look at him like, bro, you, you can't hang with us. There's that silence, huh? You can't, yeah. everyone, you, you're not allowed to hang with us. We don't want to be associated with you. Anyway, so, that's my Trump comment. And, but undoubtedly in your, in your position, you've defended those types of people. And, and some of them you know, may or may not have committed that. And due to your expertise and as good as you are in your field, you are able to basically get the charges dropped, reduced, um, dismissed, found not guilty, whatever it may be. Um, wait, wait. I want to clarify. 90% of the sex, I don't know what the figure is. Overwhelmingly, mm-hmm. these guys are pleading guilty. Okay? Okay. I, I, I want to make this very clear. Yeah. They come, oh, Dave, get me off. No, no, no. That's, you know. It's not like that. It's yeah. not like that. You, I, the people so, I get off are passing polygraph tests, multiple polygraph tests right. run by people who are out to prove they are lying. Right, HPD, right, right, right. The HPD polygraph the team. prosecutor. It, well, it's the HPD polygraph team are 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 uh, pretty much. They don't let stuff pass by them, okay. and when in doubt, they say guilty. So they they are tough guys. Yeah. But you may find yourself in a position where this person then goes out and you have to commit and commits another crime. Yes. Is is, that, is that there is is there a point where you que- you know you question basically? Okay, did I provide too good of a defense? You know, where, where does that lie with your conscience, you know, as a, as a criminal defense attorney? A terrific question. You know, I am at the stage in my career where I can, 
I just may sound flippant or whatever that I can have a conscience on these issues. You know, I, I joke at my buddies who have three kids in private school and they're, you know, they need to pay the bills. Okay. At this stage of my life, if I believe any client, not just sex offenders, sex, sexual assault clients, is going to come to my office and I grill him on hitting his wife and I, I just know he's not going to stop. You know, and like, hey, oh, I'm so sorry, I want to change. But there's a difference. Yeah, you can hear the people talk. There's a difference when you can tell that they are willing to try to make a change. And at this stage of my career, it happened about five or six years ago. Um, I, I won't take them. You'll I, take a pass. I, I won't take a serial rapist anymore. Uh, uh, again, most people out there are like, duh. But again this is my profession and it is a specialty of sexual assault a specialty is a, I'm not allowed to say specialty I end up doing a lot of them effectively and a lot of lawyers send them to me but I won a case again I don't want to be too specific I won a case a while back which many individuals were astounded I won this case and I actually turned the case down initially and gave the guy like three or four other names and with half the price and say, go to these guys. And, and those guys were all stoked. Like, yeah, send me the case. I'll, ta I'll take that money, man. And I'm like, you know, you, you don't want me. You just go to them. And, and I gave what I, at the time, I thought was an a ridiculous number. And the guy came back. I, plus, it's probably this idea. You tell them, don't come to me. Uh, go to somebody else. They, they want you more. Uh, but he came to me. And at that time, I thought, I cannot win this case. I'll take the money. I, went, I, I just said I'd take it because, you know, the money was that good. I won that case. I don't know how the hell we won it, but we won that case. And it's, it's, and you know, the, the congratulations from the court watching my peers who are in court all the time was, Oh man, you, you won that impossible to win case. I got drunker that night. than uh, you know, it wasn't a happy time. I, I it really bothered me. It mm. really stuck in my brain because I, and it's funny because I'm walking with my fiance and we're in Costco and I'll see him and I just, uh, I just want to punch him in the face, um, uh, uh, which, again, that's about the only client I can say that about, but it taught me a lesson. And, and again, I want to make it clear. I, I do not judge the lawyers at all, especially the public defenders. We have the best public defender office in the country. Not, no one's even close, by the way, statewide. We have a statewide public defender's office um, who have to take these cases. You know, They don't get to pick and choose. It gets right. assigned to them. And I do uh, certainly not my uh, peers and many of my younger peers who I send these cases when they come into who uh, you know, provide a fantastic service and do a hell of a job. It's, I'm just fortunate at this stage of my life where I can be selective. Uh, well, a little selective, yeah. don't get me wrong. And you know, on, on those ones, I send those away. But there's not really, there's just not that many. And by the way, for all those people out there who think, oh my God, somebody charged with sex assault one time is going to be a danger for the rest of their lives. No, they have the lowest recidivism rate around. Mm. Okay, they, sex offender treatment programs are brutal. They are constantly polygraphed on everything you do. Yeah. And by the way, polygraphs work to a certain, how should I say this? The reason polygraphs are not admissible in evidence because they are not reliable. The reason they are not reliable is because you can, you're not gonna lie and pass, but you can be telling the truth and fail. Oh, okay? interesting, so it doesn't so, help out the liar. Yeah, yeah. the, the liar is <laughs> not gonna be the test, right, right, okay? Right. Well, we've, we've got, 
it, it's amazing. We it seems to be very repetitive, but it's coming from a lot of different people. Uh, Richard Rutz uh, commented, "Mr. Hayakawa is the best of the best attorneys in the state of Hawaii." Um, and then you have a past client uh, as well, uh, Kenny. Uh, Hi, David. You helped me out in 2011. My divorce and custody case for my ex-wife used the court to submit false accusations. Just, Just wanted to thank you about. since I may not have properly done so. All the best. So uh, obviously know what you're talking about. Well, and obviously that goes to show that there are cases where it affects real people and they are, their lives are, are changed for the better for it when they're innocent. So again, protecting the innocent is something that I think everybody understands is so important well now, I, want, I wanted to i wanted to ask you to kind of just get because you know these these do and so some of these obviously end up in trial and yes. we kind of talked about it before we went on in in something that um that you kind of touched on and i wanted to i wanted to ask you about it kind of during the podcast was um kind of the the art and it might be it, it seems like it is some science some art of jury selection correct yeah. and because because these are trial uh trial cases you do end up in front of a jury and jury selection is you said it, it can it literally makes or breaks the case well you can't change or, the or facts the but trial yes, it gets you in the game and if you yeah. if you blow the if you pick the wrong jury you're out of the game so, at the start so in these types of in these types of cases what what would be a favorable jury yeah. for uh, behind the scenes, for, for what, a, is the for a defendant. what does well, the artist do here? Let, let's preface this by this. Number one, the thing that irritates me the most is when lawyers lose and blame others. Okay? You know, the, 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 go mm. back to the most uh, upsetting case is OJ. Hey, Marsha Clark lost that case. Mm. She made tactical decisions in that case. Don't get me wrong. I get OJ's a brutal Why murderer. Why would you tell him to put on the glove? He, he's, a, he's an, oh yeah, there. That's but the biggest more mistake. Importantly, Mark Furman was a noted racist. You know what happened is there, I mean, LA is such a huge, that office is, is a, it's a, it's a massive office for, you know, there's a massive amount of people. And what they had is they had these old timer prosecutors who would be at the stations working with the detectives. I mean, the, the grunt, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the most responsible guys who they're day in and out, day in and day out. And they, Marsha Clark's high crime visibility unit or whatever it was, they received the calls from a bunch of these guys saying, men and women saying, man, that guy Furman is the worst. He's a racist. He walks around with a little swastika pen and he mm. sees a black or a woman cop and goes, hey, and flashes his little swastika thing. What? I mean, who the hell flashes Seriously. a swastika thing? And, 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 and the response of the unit of, and by the way, Marsha Clark uh, was not supposed to be the lead counsel. The lead counsel had like a heart attack the week before or something or another and got put off the case, was, oh, you guys are just jealous trying to throw your two cents into the case. So I, I leave the OJ example <laughs> behind. But it's, it's instead of lawyers standing up and saying, I lost this case. I've never publicly criticized the, I said I can disagree but I respect the jury process. So you always hear people say, oh, the stupid jury, the dumb jury, or people, uh, more importantly, people at regular people at home saying, oh, how could the jury make such a stupid decision? Hey, who makes up a jury? A jury is made up of regular people who vote, who have driver's license, who pay taxes. These are people that we all like. Okay, when you talk about responsible people in the community, these are people we all like. And who and then they get on a jury and they sit there, they are a captive audience. I'm always teased 
by those around me, including my fiance, who says, you just like doing it because they, they're a captive audience and they can't leave and tell you to shut up uh, uh, after they're tired of hearing you talk. Uh, but um, the, the, uh, the people who criticize these juries are stupid, this and that, or these corrupt judges, no. We have the best judges in the country in Hawaii, but the, the, um, and we have the best judicial selection system, which takes politics out of the equation and truly tries their hardest to get the best possible people to serve as judges. So and, it makes it a fair game, in, in other words. Well, it's not every... That, that, look, come on. You watch a newscast that Billy Bob got arrested for sexual assault, 99% of the people, 95% of the people are like, the son of a bitch should burn. Right. Child molestation of five children. He's a burn. So here's what, and here, this, I think this is touching on an issue here because we live in a, in a culture of recreational outrage, meaning people love to identify a bad guy, grab their metaphorical pitchforks, and get online and ruin that guy's career. That's what. That's where we're at. People love to do that but, in this day and age. So when it comes to like finding reasonable people, they actually might be few and far between. People who understand that it's important to listen and and actually follow the procedures in law. And so when you when you're finding somebody on the jury, it's not like oh I'm I'm just trying to find somebody that's going to make my case look good. No, I'm going to actually find somebody who's going to honor the process and listen to the case is that am yeah I far well it, and actually going back to i actually before we started i'm like so what is your name anyway is it dj bomber is it bomber or is it matt <laughs> he's like hey, you can call me everything everyone calls me whatever they want to call me but back to matt's question about yeah i had to do my little rant on why i, I hate when people bitch about juries bitch about judges Come on, lawyers, take responsibility for your own case. You stand up there, you lost your case, you know, stand up and take some responsibility in life. Well, and, you, and you picked half of them, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and every single, I remember every loss I've ever had in my career, I've thought, you know, maybe I'm, it's kind of like a quarterback or somebody thinking about their loss and their performance. And, you know, uh, yeah. I've thought about it and people, oh, you're so anal about this. But hey, you know, you, you, you look within on what it's you can't control nature. the other things. You can yeah. only control what's in front of you and what you have the power. But let's, as I digress for a solid five minutes, let's go back to Matt's question there about what, who's a good jury on the worst yeah. possible How do you cases. Do it? Now, here's the thing you got to understand about jury. They walk in there, and after the preliminary questions where we eliminate the people who have to go to Vegas and, mm. uh, um, and, <laughs> and, and my, one, you know, my one bitch about uh, small business owners when you get the – it's always a man, a male small business owner going, I, ca I can't be on jury duty, you know. It'll I, bankrupt I, me. It'll bankrupt me. I'm, a, I'm this and I run everything. And the judge is like, uh, when's the last time you took a vacation? Oh <laughs> uh, well, you know, I went, I did the, my Ryan Cruise, but that's different, you know. So let's let the the, the Filipino that's hotel good. worker who's working two jobs uh, serve on jury duty. Yeah. And by the way, that Filipino uh, hotel worker's kids probably at Stanford, by the way, um, yeah. or Farrington getting a uh, valedictorian. Yeah. And uh, um, um, uh, I just did this project with Farrington High School. And the kids there were just incredible. It's amazing um, uh, the vibrancy of that community. But I digress again, and I've said that. <laughs> Let's go back to Bomber's question. So, 
You walk in there on a sex assault jury trial, and after they do the who's going to be in Vegas and who's got the kids at home, and I'm the grandma, I have to watch the kids. And we get our candidates. The judge reads the charge. And so what did they read? You, Cayman Shutter, is charged with, I don't mean to do that, but I'm just saying, that's the impact. Use me. The most heinous of all crimes. (laughs) Well, okay, let's go back. I just did that for effect, but let's go back to you, Billy Bob, are charged on May 15th, uh, 2016 to 2018 with sexually assaulting, with sexual assault in the first degree against a minor under the age of 15 years Ooh. old, uh, uh, Billy, you know, Loretta Bob, and including putting your penis in her mouth. That's count one. In they the city, of, in the city and county that. of Honolulu, state of Hawaii. Count wow. two. You blah, 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 blah. My penis in this, uh, blah, blah, blah. Penis, anus, blah, blah. And this goes on 15. Because really? what happens is, even in regular date rape, okay? So in a date rape case, if there's oral sex, that's one count, penis mouth. If there's regular sex, that's penis vagina. You know, you touch the boob, the breast, the penis, the hand breast, uh, which is a lesser charge, but still. So they read 15 charges, and he's just sitting there looking at the defendant like, you piece of crap, burn yeah. in hell. Yeah, and you can, you can see that. Oh, it's, it's so obvious. You look at them, they're staring at the guy, and as is rightfully so, Right. When you when you understand when you're watching TV, it's language. You you're sitting there and you people they're right. reading this and it's coming from a judge's mouth and you're like, this guy's sitting here. How how am I not supposed to believe that this happened? Well, just take in when you hear it on TV or you read the paper. Like I said, you're watching TV at home and the the, the, the newscast about the such and such got arrested. Your immediate reaction is son of a bitch should burn. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so the question is, how do what? Actually, you jumped to the the best point, which is, who the heck can I pick, given my experience and success in this area, that will maximize a favorable result for me? Now, the first thing I I do a lot of teaching. I'm actually the dean of the Bar Association Trial Academy. The Hawaii Bar Association is the best in terms of the the best lawyers want to share and help. And Mm -hmm. the faculty we have is amazing. But anyway, so when I teach people, young lawyers, about how to go to trial, you know, first of all, you take ego out of it. You take the most important thing is you take political correctness out of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, politically correct. That's a bad statement to make. No, you want to figure out, you know, it's like when I talk to a client who's black. I will tell him flat out. Oh, my God. There's a massive amount of prejudice against you in Hawaii. Yeah. It's, uh, it's wrong, and it's unacceptable. But we don't it, have time to dance around it. It is a fact of life, and I, you know, I'm not gonna, I, don't, I didn't create this situation. I just need to deal with it. Yeah. Now, let's go back to sexual assault. So who do I want on my juror? Let's ask you guys. Who do you think I want demographically for a juror in Billy Bob with 15 counts of raping a little child? Uh, men single, or women? Single parent. Single, men or women? Men. Men. Really? Why? Because I feel like if you're a mother and you can say that that's you can make the easy leap to that's my child, it's okay. tu- it's tough to First hear of all, anything else. Let me make it clear. And what do you think, Bomber? Um, I was I was going to say a, like a a single male. Okay, here's why A you guys are totally wrong and B <laughs> No, no, but it but it proves my point. Yeah. It proves my point. Both confident males like you are you're the last guys i want you know 
Because A, once you hear the facts, you're going to be like, oh my God, I would never put myself in that situation. Date rape. I would never put myself in that situation. You son of, I know so many son of a bitch guys like you. Fry. Okay. Men, and not to mention that, but men jump to conclusions. They make up, I know what I'm talking about. They make up their minds. And especially confident younger guys like yourself, you're the absolute worst Wow. Because it's a judge, it's a sta- standard which you apply in your life. Of I would never do anything like that. And if I knew anybody like that, I'd punch him in the face. If, or if I could stop it from happening, mm. I'd run up and crack him in the face. Yeah, you know, you you. It's a level of intolerance which is understandable. So I don't want people like you. I want women. Number first wow. of all, women are smarter than men. Okay, <laughs> okay. they, they right. think clearer. They've taken more crap in life. They've been in businesses and workplaces where there is a clear inequality between how men and women. Oh, the boss loves Cayman because, oh my God, he was the captain of the football team at Punahou and I remember your game. And then you were at UA. Oh, you were on the UH football team. Oh my goodness. You know, uh, uh, hey buddy, let's have a beer. Let's go golfing. And the woman's working and busting her ass and doesn't get the same credit, okay? Uh, And this is a it goes back to this other aspect of our community but women tend to take more crap than men overall in society not to mention that you look at the history of domestic violence and relationships and the inequality and things and i'm obviously i'm not saying this is acceptable i'm pointing it out but women understand that some things i, I want to be very clear not all women yeah. but more likely than men yeah. overall. And that's all we're doing. We got 30 minutes to pick people. You don't have, like you said, you don't have time to be politi- politically you, correct and say, for, not all women, this, that, and that. No, we well, have to identify. You're profiling people. Yes, yeah. correct. Exactly. So, women, number one. Do I want the young Punahou woman? No. Do I want a girl of, a young, younger woman of privilege? No. Um... Other than that, you know, I look, you only got so many choices here, yeah, okay? Right. And so uh, in sex cases, and, and technically, not to mention now, the, here's your big politically incorrect statement. Women are tougher on women. Hmm. If you look at the bullying that yeah. takes place in high schools, That's it's good, other girls. Girls are the most brutal around. I, I had this. Point. I remember a case I had in uh, way back when it was a big gang fight at Farrington and they had a big gang fight between the Filipinos and the Samoans on the last day of school. So everybody in the whole darn school knew except for the school administration. I, of course. I, I don't want to pick on <laughs> Farrington. I just said no, a very positive everybody. comment about yeah. Farrington and I, I got to tell you the quali- just the amazing quality of uh, kids coming out of that school. But anyway, the, so this is years ago too. Anyway, the first day of school, everybody knew there was going to be a fight except for the school administration. And again, this is 20 odd years ago. And uh, okay, I, another politically incorrect joke. So it was six Samoans with sticks and rocks versus 20 Filipinos with knives and guns. So it was a fair fight. Anyway, uh, uh, that's a terrible, terrible politically that, correct joke. That's, a good, that's actually a pretty funny joke. No, no, though. but, like but if you break it down but into comedy, the, that's the thing about funny. that is everyone gets on the stand. Look, it was a fight, and the, the rule number one is in a gang fight, you don't hit the ground because if you get hit the ground, you're done, yeah. you're done and you're getting stomped. Yeah. And that's a rule of thumb. Nobody's being prejudiced. It doesn't matter if you're Samoan or Philly. You don't go on the ground because bad things are gonna happen to you. We're learning a lot today: how to pick yeah. jurors and how, <laughs> no. how to uh, <laughs> yeah. how to survive gang fights. Yeah, yeah. fights yeah. So, <laughs> and 
and all the boys can understand. Somebody got knocked out, and and he got into a coma, and and uh, actually afterwards, the the members of that gang, the 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 losing side, uh, well, actually, the guy who got beat up the worst was like the leader and led the charge. He goes, mm-hmm. "Come on, let's go!" And then, not everybody followed him. By the way, and by the way, the funniest part of the whole thing is the one guy who got shot was the one guy who had a gun, and when oh, he was really? pulling the gun out of his pants, it went off and he shot himself. So that's a is, good thing. Isn't that, that a microcosm? That's a, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, as I ramble along on this story, the um, the gang members all take the witness stand. And they look. They, they don't want to lie. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened. I I didn't see anything. Because they knew it was a fair fight. I yeah. mean, no one. No one wants it. You know, it was a fair fight. Come on, yeah, we all took our chances, and this is what happens when you get in a fight. But the gang girls came on, and they just, they're fifteen-year-old girls. They look you right in the eye, and they just lied. So and and the jurors, so I just beat the beat the hell out of them on the witness stand, and all the mothers and fathers were like, "Yeah, I have a teenager <laughs> at home who gives me attitude and rolls wow. their eyes, and the teenage girl at home who rolls their eyes and, and has these mood mood swings, and they yeah. were like, "Yeah, give it to them." Uh, but I digress again. But nevertheless, women jurors are better jurors. Mm-hmm. They listen. They follow the law. They don't jump ahead. They are respectful. Of, again, I, I'm not all women jurors. Again, they are respectful of the process, and they give your guy a fair shake. And and again, and they don't immediately think, "Oh, that poor girl." They'll say, "Wait a minute, let me let me look at this whole thing." They yeah. don't have this built-in. I'm the shining white knight. Right, I need right, to save right. the Damsel young girl. In distress. Damsel in distress thing. Interesting. But let's switch topics and talk about another little pet peeve I have. Okay. Date rape. All right. Yeah. Well, actually, I have, a, I have a leading question into that. I mean, you don't need to object to it, but um, the sustained the <laughs> the uh, the culture of it. It used to be a little bit not normalized, but it was ex- it was a thing to like slip somebody a Mickey, and it wasn't talked about. Like we, we talk about exposure and yeah, the but Me that's Too movement. so. How many people are out there slipping people Mickeys? And and by the way, slip when you slip somebody a Mickey, it is the way it works is you you sneak it in their drink, and when the girl is all like all out of it, and you're like, oh, I'll help you out. No, she's with uh. me, and you're taking out this essentially semi comatose gal. And it's a very immediate effect. The date cape races, the, uh, the classic case is this. Think UH. Back when uh, Moose McGillicuddy shows I'm dating myself. Yeah. Was there. Right on the block. Right there. Everyone's there. Young people having a great time, slamming beers. Everyone's getting drunk. Boy and girl hook up, meet up. They're slamming beers together. No one's trying to feed each other drinks. Everyone's drinking out of the same pitchers. And the end of the night, they start making out in front of their friends, and they stumble out the door, both messed up, and go to the nearest, yeah. whoever lives nearest. Yep. They wake up in the morning. Oh, my goodness. Wow, this happened. Okay. Now, I have never seen a case brought by the guy saying, oh, my God, I, you took advantage of me. So I, I'm not being a sexist here. This doesn't happen. Uh, but on many of these cases, there's the phone call from the boyfriend of what you do, what, where are you, why, how come you didn't come home last night and all this. Uh, all of a sudden, we have a date rate case. Now, again, I, I have, a, lim- I have a, a caveat here that date rate 
is a massive problem in America. I keep saying this, but there are many false accusations here. And my whole thing is, why just blame the guy? Yeah. It always happens. Oh, let's kick him out of the dorms. He's now blackballed as the rapist. Well, and there was there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there was some sort of a time, and I don't know if it's still going on, when if the the girl was too drunk to give consent in a sober mind. It was considered rape, even if she said yes. Is is that no, no, well, no? That is still the rope. Or if they're both drunk, if they're both drunk. Well, first of all, you know, and again, we've come a long way, and that's a good thing. It's I'm not yes. complaining about this at all. Where consent is important, and people understanding things is important. And I tell young people when young people come to my office before I tell my buddies, uh, send your kid to my office, and, and I just grill them on. You know, you know, when you're in the dorm. And you're 18 years old, and, you're, and people get drunk, and it's that easy. Bad things are gonna happen, especially mm-hmm. in the dorm, because everyone's gonna be labeled. Oh, she's mm-hmm. easy. You well, and everybody's getting their bearings. Your kids, still. You're 18. You're trying well, to feel it, feel it out. You don't you, really know. Have you seen uh, the Hunting Grounds? No. Documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, documentary that talks a lot about um, basically date rape on college college campuses. Bombers like, a big. Sex- uh, Documentary, big guy. documentary, but um, really great doc- that, that goes through it. And actually, um, it talked a lot about more on the administrative side how it really went. Un- there was lack of investigation, lack of follow through, um, really like lack of penalty. Um, and it and it even got into uh, who's the quarterback for Florida State? That James Winston. Yeah, was it Winston? And who the girl ended up discovering in her class and basically came forward and said, After you know, I, the was, fact. I was assaulted. She didn't know who the guy was. And it was... Oh, that was the, a crazy one. Where like it, the following yeah. semester, she's sitting in the class and they're doing roll call. And, and she had to wait in order to... And she had to stay all the way in the end because... Hey, Stephanie. And <laughs> I'm doing the shout outs. Oh, had to wait all the way to the end in order for it to happen. But it, it kind of goes... And it, it really... It, it, the, there really wasn't any significant change until they started talking about Title IX. And but how would it apply? Again, we have Title IX and we have all these protections, but the bottom line is this. You're in a UH dorm. Two, and again, please, there is real date rape out there. Okay, There's a macho culture that we raise our young boys in that we need to start a lot earlier on to educate them about what it means truly to be a man and to treat people with respect and not this whole macho hormone thing going crazy, okay? However, you get, I'm talking about a very limited and small situation where two people get equally drunk yeah, and something happens. Why is one raping, why isn't the girl raping the guy? Yeah. And why is the university, again, the whole Title IX program is... It ends up helping one side over the other. And it's, it's although, again, I guess one way of putting it about this, and I've had this discussion about But it was the, really, it was a way for the university to, to it, it was a way to make the university basically stand up and take some responsibility. Correct. And to jeopardize athletics, to jeopardize funding, to jeopardize all those things. That was really the only way they were able to kind of... I agree. To get things pushed forward. And, and you know, I, I, it's, it's like a pendulum. I had this conversation about domestic violence, and I see all these lawyers are always complaining to me about the Domestic Violence Action Center in Hawaii, which is a very aggressive advocate and representative of abused women in Hawaii. Now, 
Do they also help some individuals who I think are full of it and making false accusations? Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, hey, why can't you figure out that this is BS? Yes, but overall, not overall, massively, overwhelmingly, they are helping people who desperately need help and have nowhere else to turn. So this pendulum with this Me Too has slid way the other way. But what that's, and I've heard men say, oh, it's so unfair. But the bottom line is, the way that pendulum was before this was crazy. Yep. You know, it's kind of like that Jodie Foster movie, you know, yep. where she gets raped in a bar. Oh, mm -hmm. she was drunk, she, and she wore slutty outfits, so yeah. she deserved it kind of thing. Yeah, rape so, culture. So, it's so, been tagged. So we are, as you talked about earlier, we are in adjusting mode, yeah. and that pendulum is swinging, and here I am complaining about certain aspects of the university uh, process of review where the guy seems to get blamed. But let's face it, as you bring, bring up uh, Bomber, the, there was a period where it was just out of control, especially with athletics and mm -hmm. you know, the athletes do these things. Well, and but if you see, the, and again, you keep kind of like prefacing your statements on defending the small minority cases, but why shouldn't you? The, thing, the problem is when you see the way that culture is moving back and forth like this, why wait until it gets out of hand one way? We should be trying to set up the best possible situation to be fair to everybody. Equal punishment for, yeah. pe for people that are, you know, throwing out or who are actually doing the crimes. But then also there should be some sort of a re reprimand or some sort of a punishment for trying to throw people under the bus that are innocent. That's, well, that's I agree. Fair. And well, first of all, everyone's trying. People are all trying and it's just a process and you know, I, I'm not complaining about it. Well, I am complaining about it, but it, it, it is a process. Um, but we're, um, hey, Ken, I, you probably, sorry, I'm, I, I, I know this is probably improper. I keep talking to the people. No, 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 it's good yeah, all yeah, the time. Yeah. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to yeah. actually get to a couple of the questions too in a minute. Yeah. Um, but it is important that we, society does recognize these things, and, but also recognizes that there are problems in the system and we have to keep an open mind you know, but again, in today's media thing, you know, come on, you read something on Facebook, oh my God, you know, and the, probably a Russian bot doing it, but nevertheless, it's a, it's a jump to conclusions world. Yeah, we, uh, we're, we're about an hour and 10 into it, Ooh. and I wanted to kind of do a, a little rapid fire for a couple yeah, things. Yeah, we should. Kind, we of, should. kind of finish up a little bit. One, one of which uh, came from, is it, uh, I think it's Alicia. Um, yeah. she, she wanted to know your most memorable trial. Most memorable trial was, uh, wow. You know, I won a case for Jason Mayhem Miller. Now, you know, there's a difference okay. between most uh, arguably, I call them rabbit out of the hat cases, okay? Um, uh, you know, which I you should not have won. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> arguably you shouldn't have won, but, you know, you create your own karma, you create positive energy, you create, treat people with respect. You treat your opponent with respect. Yep. And in my business, I deal with a lot of younger prosecutors. 
who make mistakes. You know, it's not their fault. They haven't done it 30 years, you know, and they're doing their best and they make mistakes. And I don't jump up and down and say, how, the, how, how dare you do that? But you, you create positive energy in all your relationships and it tends to maximize the result for you. But that all being said, Jason Mayhem Miller was one of the most, uh, as you may know, that was when before the UFC, when, uh, when uh, MMA Hawaii rocked, it was sold yeah. out. And we won his case. And he was actually innocent of that case. And uh, I ended up rolling on the ground with him in the courtroom. And I received all these angry messages from very... I received rolling like, like On the ground. Demonstrating what happened. And I had made an offer to then judge uh, the wait, prosecutor. Wait, 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 wait. So pro- you were actually like... On the ground with my coat off. What? <laughs> well, in advance, my opponent then was a, a fabulous judge. He's probably... Th- grouchy guy but he's probably I think the most smartest judge in the trial judge in our system Glenn Kim was my prosecutor and it was uh, he took the case he took the case uh, somebody went on vacation and he didn't dump it on some youngster he took the case himself anyway so we do this trial and, I'm, and I said I have a male model who's the size of the victim the victim was a big guy um, uh, to come on and he goes they're not using a model I said what do you want me to do get on the ground myself he's like you do whatever you gotta do you're not using a a model. I said, okay, that's okay. Wow. Anyway, so I got on the ground and it was on the TV because back then MA was huge and I received calls from three or four very significant lawyers in town and I was a lot younger then and, and these guys are people, icons, respected and they're like, David, you know, I've heard a lot about you but, and, but, you know, respect for the law and I'm like, eh, I had to win my case, you know, <laughs> Not to mention I was an MMA junkie, too. So I was like, oh, you know. Anyway, that was my most memorable case. Wow. My next one uh, I got is uh, what happens to Harvey Weinstein? You know, I, I haven't been following the specifics of those, you know, the case that actually came down. I got the whole general picture. I got to tell you, you know, uh, there's a big difference between telling somebody, hey, you want to part in a movie – and if you, if you don't give it up, I'm going to give you, uh, you know, you're not going to get the part in the movie or I'll kill your career in Hollywood. Although there are sections of our law, it's rarely applied because it just doesn't happen in normal life, you know. But where you can use the threat of, um, it's kind of extortion. Give me sex or I'm going to do this to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, and I don't know if that's how they're charging them. I think they're charging them with forcible. I really don't know. But, you know, you get that one case. A lot of these women, you know, now that he's fallen from grace, a lot of people move on. And sometimes it makes you wonder that the person who wants to push it, do they have an alternative agenda? For instance, that person. Or the 200-plus women that come forward. Well, no, but the, but the one who's pushing the criminal charge. Yeah. Okay? It's like the one with Trump who's suing him was a contestant on the uh, apprentice. apprentice apprentice so you know who, like, who the hell goes on a show like that in the first place you know and and um as opposed to the woman in the elevator who hardly knew him or the receptionist at the desk or you know you know kind of thing mm-hmm. so so sometimes as a defense attorney i'm looking at why did this specific case come forward in the is first th- place is is this a limelight seeker why are you separating from the he's the become pact? the poster child for this 
And he's, his whole life has crashed. And, yeah. and don't get me wrong. He's, he's, he's going broke. He, everything. If he rapes somebody, he deserves to be punished. I'm, I'm responding to, as a criminal defense lawyer, if he was my client and this particular case, why did this one person say, I'm okay with him, his whole life being destroyed and he's publicly disgraced. Why do I need to come forward? And anytime you get contestant on The Apprentice, mm-hmm. actress... With the motive. movie road. There, there, there are things that lawyers can use uh, in their case. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep, let's keep going with the rapid fire. Um, one thing that stuck out to me, park closure. What, <laughs> what's your experience with that? Okay, I, that was basically, we had a conversation on what are the four reasons or reasons people are going to call me. And, and by the way, I want to send a shout out to my fraternity big brother, Marty Alvey, a hell of a lawyer in, in, in Portland, Oregon. Anyway, um, the... Uh, my fiance's uh, uncle, rich guy, had a huge law f- uh, en- engineering firm and all this. He's playing tennis one day at the park with his buddy. And then they go to their Mercedes Benz and they sit in the parking lot and cool down with their Gatorade. You know, there's no alcohol. There's certainly yeah. no drugs. And they're just talking. Here comes cop up and tags them because it's now 1015 and the park closed on some tiny little sign that's probably been spray painted with a yeah, tag yeah. sign or, or BB gun holes on it saying park closes at 10 o'clock. Okay, or I get these parents calling me saying, my kid, my daughter was driving home with her boyfriend. She's at Harvard and she's 18 years old and she had to pee so badly that they stopped at the Wailaiki Park. Now, and let's face it, that girl, the last thing in the whole world she wants to do is go to a public restroom in the middle of the night. And boyfriend stood outside the door while she went into this. I'm sure she never touched her body, never touched that seat. Okay. And here comes a cop and tags them with a criminal offense of criminal trespass for being in a park after hours. And I get, I know the whole homeless issue and they had the whole uh, 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 sex in the park issue, which essentially was a semi-gay issue, uh, but um, a kind of thing, okay? But this is regular people. Hey, bro, get out of the park. What are you doing, okay? I understand if you're kids. Should be as far as it goes, right? But they're tagging everybody. Mm. So everyone should be very aware of not going into parks and everybody stairway to heaven is illegal it is dangerous it is illegal and you put our first responders at risk i personally think we should let you out there and yeah. die but I, I don't realize that's a terrible <laughs> statement to make no no but but you know they're enforcing it enough already don't go up the stairway to heaven would uh because this this has come up for a few of us uh duis uh Maybe steps when you... Okay, uh, DUI. First of all, guys, you know, it's DUIs in Hawaii. We have some of the most lenient DUI laws in Hawaii. But you can kill somebody. And everyone's like, I would never kill somebody. But, you know, she, you look down at your CO. Oh, my God, I need to get my text. I need to change this, you know, the, the, the Pandora CD, whatever. And you take your eyes off, which... The one thing about drinking and or alcohol and or drugs is it causes your Slows ability yep. to multitask and therefore you're looking at your radio for four, three seconds and there's the idiot crossing the road in a completely black outfit uh, mm-hmm. who shouldn't be crossing the road yep. and should see the idiot car coming down the street and should avoid it. But they're saying, uh, by the way, pedestrians are so stupid these yeah, days. I've seen it. I I've can seen walk it. I across. It today. I have right of yeah, way. I yeah, saw it today. right. Okay. Uh, and they get killed. Killed, then you're looking at massive jail. 
Okay? Yeah. So my rules on DUI are this. First of all, everybody, never give anybody. I, look, I buy a lot of drinks for people. Never buy a drink for somebody and let's say, look you in the eye and say, I'll have a drink. Thank you. you know, it's, it's somebody's mm. birthday. Oh, Bomber's birthday. Buy him a drink. Hey, Bomber, want a drink? Oh, I don't know. Come on, buy him a drink. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna bu- Let me get you some water. And the guy will look at you like, hey, thank you. Mm. You don't buy anybody a drink. Because you, you could be at fault for that? No, not at fault. It's just irresponsible. Okay. Okay. Number two, stop drinking an hour before. Go to the bathroom. Wash your face. Drink a hell of a lot of, uh, of water. And, 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 you know, at least an hour. And lastly, what the hell are people? People do shots late at night. Shots are to start your night. If First of all, shots are pretty stupid. Uh, but if you're going <laughs> to do shots, you do it at the beginning of the night to get that uh, jump start your buzz. But you don't do shots late at night because alcohol, essentially, is you're filling the gas tank. And even though you're driving now for an hour, if you've got enough raw alcohol in that stomach, it's feeding the system. Yeah. And you're going you're gonna to screw up. Now, as far as blowing or not blowing, number one, kiss ass to the cop. Okay. Number two is uh, um, if you know you don't have illegal drugs in the system, you can ask for a blood test. Okay, they're going to give you great grief about it and really grief because they don't like to do it. And the guy doing the needle is probably pretty bad, but you can, it might buy you another half an hour, maybe. Uh, but the, it really is an open debate on whether or not you should blow on these days. My gut tells me you should blow, but I am not a DUI guy. The bottom line is just don't drive. Crawl in the backseat of your car and go to bed. Okay. Um, one more thing before we finish. And again, thank you so much for being the, unofficial at the counter legal <laughs> expert um so i have a couple things here but I, i'd like to just go finish with this what what are the best ways to keep your kids out of trouble in family court you know judge actually i i don't have it with me but judge town uh, was he was a uh, um judge rubin was the fa- grandmother of the modern family court and judge town was the father of the modern family court in hawaii he's now on the pro board a uh, retired judge uh, but he had this list of top 10 things but the bottom line is talk to your kid know who their friends are and every day talk to your kid whether it means making a rule that we're on the table until we leave the table we all eat together or we don't use social media you know i'm the worst people person on this uh, at the table but if you talk to your kid and engage your child every day and you know who their friends are now there's a balance there you know you don't need to pry be helicopter parent but you that's um, among the list of things you do and you do activities together but essentially it is make the time every day to have a real conversation with your child mm-hmm. well i'd like to say again there, that was a lot of information it might be one of those podcasts that you have to go back and replay uh to get it all but thank you so much for taking the time to come up and uh help us and our audience be a little bit more prepared to take on the world <laughs> uh, what how to behave um, not necessarily reactively but proactively to make sure that we're uh, taking care of ourselves and each other out there so David thank you for being a friend of the show uh, we'd love to have you on again because I think this is uh, not even really scratching the surface on how we could take your advice but uh, just thanks and um, we'll, we'll be in touch I, I hope you continue to watch the show and type in those comments if you see us going astray but uh on behalf of bomber and i thank you for for coming out thank you i had a great time and they understand you know i walked in here and nothing was set up 
and within 10 minutes, <laughs> Bomber sets everything up. It's, it's, a, it's an amazing process. Thank you for recognizing yeah, the, the, it's, the, it's the, all him. the pre-production part of yes, this. It, and, uh, it's, and, it, it is amazing. And the fact that the camera is uh, mounted on top of a vase. <laughs> <laughs> but I had, well, I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Well, I hope you'll come back. I hope we and actually Anytime. one day uh, we we hope to be set up so that we can come and maybe visit you on a location, whether it's at your office or something like that, just to check in with you, or maybe you could take us to court one day. I don't know what's allowed, but um, we we hope to not force you up to Milani. Maybe the next time you're on the show, but we'd like to have you back as a guest. Yeah. You don't have you don't have to uh, agree now. Thank you. I was just I was just re- re- reading Richard Rutch's comment on the beer choice, but uh, oh. uh, uh, <laughs> hey, and, okay. and for future guests, they give you beer. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> All right, take it easy, guys. That'll do it for us at the counter. Uh, I don't know when we'll be back, but always stop in and see us and say hi. Make sure you comment and share it with your friends if you'd like. Uh, for Bomber and I, will say aloha for now.